mediocre men out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How you uh, how you doing, mediocre, mediocre men and wonderful women of the world? <laughs> wonderful women of the world. Yeah, we just went on a rant before we started recording about just how mediocre men are. <laughs> um, except hopefully the ones that listen to our podcast are not as uh, mediocre. Actually, no. You know mediocre. what? <laughs> Fuck that. I'm gonna start off with something. I forgot. We we talked about this. A while ago, Uh and I was like, we have to bring this up in the podcast, and you were like, absolutely, this has to be addressed, and then we (laughs) never did it. Okay. I don't know if you remember. Uh There was a couple things. Refresh my memory. One, I got a DM on the Paranormals Instagram. Yeah. Somebody literally sent me a video of someone committing suicide. Oh, right. And I was like, I didn't watch it. Like, I... I clicked on it because I wanted to know what it was. And then quickly my eyes, I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, is this person? It was a person that was going to jump off of a building. That's not okay. And so I thought to myself, oh my God, oh my God, I can't watch this. So they were they were on top of the building for a while. And then my eyes, I immediately scrolled to the comments and people, disgusting people, were laughing at it. And so I was like, so I know exactly what's going to yeah, happen in this yeah, video. Yeah, yeah. And I'm yep. not going to fucking watch it. And I responded to the person and I was like, why the fuck would you send this to yeah. me? And then they read it and didn't respond. And so I obviously blocked them on Was this on a man? Paranormal. Is that why you're bringing this up? Well, that well, I mean, it was a man, but like, that's not why I'm bringing <laughs> okay. it up. Okay, okay, okay. There's that. That was one of the things we were going to bring up. So I was going to say like, we love creepy shit. Yeah, but, like, just don't send us that don't stuff. fucking send me trauma-inducing no. images no. Or, or videos like who the fuck do you think you are? And how the fuck... You're alienating... You're alienating a topic yeah. of the con- our yes. conversation today. Some of our viewers or listeners right listeners. now. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. Fuck, man. Anyways, that was all. That was one of them. It was like... Yeah, so send we us get like... That we're into creepy and spooky shit, but, but we, like... We're also really... We're, we're soft little baby angels. And that's we, not soft. That's normal human. Like, yeah, I'm normal... You're like, you're True. sick. Like, that's not something. <laughs> no, that's seriously. You're sick. You're sick. And I don't know how that was even allowed to be, like, on Instagram or how it stayed up for so long. No, they really need to be monitoring things. Like, stuff like that I see, even on my corporate accounts, like, on yeah. Twitter and stuff. I'm like, why is that person allowed to be visually giving someone else a blowjob on Twitter? Twitter, the, Twitter, it's allowed. What? Yeah, Twitter, it's, like, more than allowed. But, like, I... The like, amount of open vaginas I've seen oh on Twitter. Oh, my God. Why is like, it allowed? Yeah, I'll be, like, at work, and I'm like, oh, my God, because I follow back everybody. But that's what I mean. I'm at work, like, literally on a corporate account, and yeah. I, I'm not doing anything wrong, and no. I'm literally looking at a vagina or a girl giving a blowjob yes. out of nowhere. Because, like, on our Twitter accounts, too, like, well, you do the paranormal Twitter, yeah. but... Yeah. On like my personal Twitter account, when listeners follow me, I follow them back on Twitter because I follow whoever on Twitter. Twitter doesn't not a big deal to me. Instagram, I have voiced many times. I only follow people I know in real life. But yeah, but the Twitter account, I like, I'll follow people, and then you know how like now on Twitter they don't even have to retweet them. It's just like so and so that you're following liked this yeah, and they'll yeah, choose yeah. random ones yeah. and there's a fucking bare ass vagina in my <laughs> face and I was like I appreciate it I love it but but not while I'm scrolling through no. at work see you later and like had to mute this person because sure they just love looking they at love vaginas porn <laughs> like which is I fine I mean more yeah it's fine but like also I'm care. at work 
I'm at work. I just can't see I'm it at work, work, you guys. Yeah. And then I think there was another thing where we were like, hey, don't hit on us via our podcast anymore. Yeah. Just don't. I'm just tired, you guys. I only love people in real life. So this is, honestly, this is an ongoing trend, actually, which I have found with people. I will, especially, I did not know Twitter was like a dating website. Oh, but it is apparently. It is? Apparently. Because <laughs> the amount of times after I will comment on like a sports related oh thing. Oh my god. The amount of men that will follow me and then yeah. and I'm I'm fine with I like when guys follow me because I feel like I'm a breath of fresh air with my yes. tweets for them. Yes, you are. And I, if they continue to follow me after, even, even better. better. Yeah. <laughs> but when they direct message me on Twitter, I'm like, this is not what I'm here for. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. I am not going to, like, if you talk to me there and think that that's where, like, where you're going to get a date. Yeah. It's not going to happen. No. Or, like, whatever. Go on. Or whatever. And, like, it's happened a few times. And I'm just like, you literally have one circular display picture of me that you know that you think is good enough. Yeah. To ask me out, which is fine. Obviously, you're got your standards, and that that's cool. Yeah. I don't think that's enough information for me well, personally. They probably think you're funny because of your tweet. Well, that's that's true. So like, I'd fuck with this girl. I'd fuck with this girl. Sure, yeah. that's fine. That's very nice because some people don't even see that. Right, and that's a side of me that I think people should see. Of course, um, if you want to date me, yes. um, but. DMs on Twitter are not a thing. Like I'm, I'm just telling, <laughs> telling the men's out there. Just stop hitting on Nicolina via Twitter. Just don't <laughs> do it on Twitter. And then if I, if you add me to Instagram after, you are a Twitter connection. Oh. So I'm sorry, it's probably not going to transition well on into, into into Instagram. The worst was when there was like a two guys that were that tweet. Okay, I tweeted something very funny. Yeah, it's very tongue in cheek. And they tweeted back with like very suggestive gifts, and you right. stepped in and were like, "This is gross." <laughs> yeah, I couldn't allow the. I couldn't allow it. I just like I will not allow this behavior on my. I timeline. just feel like, for me, that that certain certain people have a lot more confidence, obviously, when they're behind, behind a, screen. a screen. Yeah, but I'm just like, you would never approach someone if you if you did no. approach that someone in person like that you'd be you would charged look like an absolute exactly you would be charged with sexual harassment so what gives you the right to do, to it do this here yeah it's not for me i'm not here for that so yeah Anyways. that's our rant about that sorry what was that? well that i just was thought it was that? important to address it because it happens constantly and i'm just so fucking sick of it yeah, to you're the point where like even sometimes it's exhausting. Oh, I just started censoring myself. And I feel like I don't have to censor myself. No, you, you shouldn't have to censor. Y'all need to get a hold of yourselves. That's what needs to happen. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't need to censor anything. You guys need to just, like, fucking take several steps back and a deep <laughs> breath and relax. And a deep breath, yeah. God. Absolutely. And just think about, like, the fact that I'm probably trying I'm probably trying to find you on Facebook to find out who your mother is to see if I can send her screenshots of what you're sending. Right, me. right. And that's all. Anyway. And that's it. And that's the C. <laughs> this sounds like something that should be on our other podcast called Can I Call You? Which, by the way. <laughs> oh, fuck my life. We've been trying night and day. I keep getting rejections from iTunes. iTunes like, just thinks we're too real. <laughs> Sorry, your podcast is too real it's for this too world. real for us. 
Uh, no, what I don't know. They keep sending me emails. I, sh- I showed you. They keep sending me emails saying like, I this saw- looks like you're testing a podcast. You, you like it, this isn't for testing. This is for submitting. And I'm like, we know. What more do I have to do? It's literally titled episode one. Yeah, it's up there. It's ready to go. Like it's, it's the ready. same audio as our other podcast. Same audio, same host. Everything is the same. Yeah. And this podcast was approved like that. I didn't get a single rejection. Yeah. So I I'm emailed the I guess like iTunes Connect contact person. And there, I'm waiting for their email back. It says that they'll respond to me. I just emailed them now. Okay. It says that they'll respond to me within one business day. Okay. So. Um, I have a guest lined up as well for, for Can I Call You. Oh, my God. I for, can't wait. Yeah. For, can, are we allowed to say it? Oh. Do I know him? Well, not well, but, like, you know, I visited him recently. Oh, that one. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, so okay. He's, coming, he's coming here. I wasn't sure if you meant Mike Mitchell. Which I'll, like, he's I'll also plug. coming on to yeah. our yes. He's also gonna do that. But so yeah, we've got we've got a couple comedians coming oh on who God. are who are not mediocre men. Not <laughs> mediocre in the slightest. <laughs> um, but no, their opinions are actually quite quite in line with my own. So Yeah. I I can't we get along with them. Yeah, we get along. I don't mind. So yeah, we've got we've got some. If they would approve us, it would be great because yeah, we've got, we've some, got talent lined we've got up. Got talent guys. on the roster, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually really excited for that podcast, and I feel I, I, I the episode that we've recorded so far, and I think we're going to record another one soon. Is just it's a good one, and I'm just like this con like this content needs to be heard. People want to hear people it. People keep it. asking me about I it. I know, me too. And it's so frustrating to be like, oh, it's a little very. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I honestly don't understand what, what the problem is. And same with the Spotify one. Um, when I keep, every time I try to connect it to Spotify, I get like an error. And then so finally I Googled it being like, why is this happening? And so many other people are saying that they're having the same problem. So I think it's an issue with Spotify and not an issue with me. Okay. Anyways. It's a, it's a you so issue, not for a those, me Yeah, issue. this isn't about me. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So for everyone that's excited for Can I Call You, we're excited too. And we really can't wait to put our episode out. But maybe you guys should just like rally. On. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at myself. Just DM iTunes Connect and yes. see. <laughs> and so DMing us, DM iTunes. Anyway. Anyway. That's it. Okay. Well, so, you can still DM us too, but just nice things. Oh, yeah. Please, please. <laughs> um, okay, let's get right into the horoscopes. The horoscopes. Oh. Okay, you want me to read yours first? Yeah, sure. Okay. Oh my god, I'm so bloated right now. Sorry. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Gemini, the urge to splurge could tempt you to make purchases that aren't truly worthwhile. This desire could be due to emotional issues and the lunar eclipse in your financial sector on Tuesday. You'll benefit from holding back, even if what you're contemplating buying seems like the most desirable item on earth. But later in the week, you might wonder what you were thinking. If in doubt, get feedback from someone you trust. Is it really worth buying it on credit? (laughs) You might benefit from cutting back and streamlining your spending. It may not bring the same satisfaction as shopping, but you'll be very pleased once you see your savings grow. In addition, Mercury heads back into your money zone on Friday, so this could be an opportunity to rework your budget and streamline money matters. Discussions about finances could take place over the weekend and they might be something of a relief if they lead to change. 
So that's interesting mm-hmm. because I did go to see my lawyer on Friday as well. Yeah, to sign paperwork regarding monies. So that's exciting. Yeah. And the first part rings true because earlier this week I was looking at getting a new iPhone. Right. Um, because the thing is, though, I don't like that they said, like, oh, you shouldn't because I need a because new you iPhone. Need, you do need one. You because actually need it. My phone's broken. Like, it's not. It, right now it's a glorified app and texting device. Yeah, like I yeah, can't yeah, yeah. make calls or receive calls on it. So the only time it works is when it's connected to Bluetooth. And that's so like, like a safety hazard, I feel. Yeah, what if I have to call 911? Yeah, what are you going to do? I've called 911, like, I think three times in my life. I, so, like... Really? Yeah. Wow. I know. It's more than me. I know. So... I did it once when someone was being attacked on the street. What? Yeah. I want to hear this story. Okay. <laughs> I was literally just walking down, like, Jackson, like, mm-hmm. after... I don't know if it was after, like, going out or if, if I was... If you have any Arkells fans listening, Jackson Square is... Yeah, Jackson Square is the Hamilton downtown mall, mall that's so bad. But oh it was, like, going towards Gore Park and this girl was mm-hmm. getting in a fight with, I assume was her boyfriend. Oh, my God. But he was, like, pushing her. Oh, and, like, she was, like, crying and, yeah. like, belligerent. And, like, it didn't... I was scared for what would happen if behind closed came. doors, too. Yeah. And, like, it was, like, I didn't know, I didn't know the dynamics. And I was, like, of course. I'm downtown Hamilton. There's got to be a cop around the corner yeah. to break this up. Yeah. So I'm calling, and I'm just letting them know. Like, I'm, like, I don't know the situation. It doesn't look good. It yeah. doesn't look like it's escalate. It's not de-escalating. Right. So I was, like, and I'm not going to be sticking around here to figure to it figure out. figure it out, yeah. So I, and I think she called for my help. Oh. So that's when I was like, I'm not coming near you. No, because he'll attack you. Yeah. So I was like, mm. I'm going to stay here and just call the cops. Two of the, okay, one, one of the times I mm-hmm. called 911 was because I was driving on Upper Sherman and there's an overpass and there was a guy sitting on the overpass, like dangling his legs over the overpass. Smart. So called 911. Yeah. Then another time was when I was driving up the brow toward, like, driving up the brow and I saw a girl running and then not too far behind her, an older woman running, try, flagging my car down. So I stopped for this woman. Oh. And I normally, and it was like 1030 at night. It was pitch black. It was the middle of winter. Okay. Normally I wouldn't have stopped. Yeah. But for some reason I stopped and the woman comes up to my window and she's like, that's my daughter. She's trying to commit suicide. She wants to jump off the waterfalls over what here. What the fuck? Yeah. So then I didn't let the woman in my car. I called 911 and drove. And then the woman ended up, I was driving slow. The woman ended up catching up with me. And by that point, I'm on the phone with the 911 dispatcher. So I was like, okay, like she, you can come in the car now. I have 911 on the phone. So if you try to do anything to me, you I've got 911 <laughs> and the officers are on their way. Right. Um, but the do- the we ended up saving that girl's life. She lived. Um, That's good. Yeah. Wait, how did we get into nine on one calls? Um, I don't know. From financial. Oh, your phone. My phone. Got it. Yeah. There's you a need your phone. phone. You need your phone. So I call nine one one a lot, you guys. So yeah, I need so a she phone. She needs a phone to call nine one one. Um, we're gonna get fined by the fucking police. For <laughs> no. 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 And not everyone knows nine one one. What do you mean? Not everyone uses 911. Like, we have a lot of international. Oh, 111 or yeah, 999. They have different ones. Yeah. Yeah. But I think they know what 911 means. But regardless. Yeah. Anyways, so I need I need a new phone. So, but I was thinking of getting one earlier in the week. And then, because whatever. And then I just thought to myself, 
just wait till this money comes in, which nice. is why I was at the lawyer's. So, yeah, I mean, that kind of... Well, and then all. Yeah. It actually does say, though, is it worth buying on credit? Right. So, <laughs> and, it, and it is, bitch. It is. It is, bitch. Um, yeah, it's not like a pair of fucking... Well, the phone is also $0 up front. So then and you're fine. I, it's only like 120 bucks to buy out of my old contract. Okay. So I don't think that it's that big of a deal. Okay. Um, but anyways, I just want to wait for the money to come in in case there's any like hidden fees jumped in there or anything like that, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Okay, do mine. Okay, I feel like everyone's already bored of us. I know. Um, <laughs> they, sh- they should be. Okay. The lunar eclipse in your zone of wellness and lifestyle could be the reason you venture off track regarding your diet or exercise routine. If so, try not to let it stop you completely. When you feel more settled, pick yourself up and start again. It could be tough to let go of habits that you know are bad for you, but once these are jettisoned, you'll be free to take up new, more healthful ones. The theme of routines and whether they support or thwart your destiny shows up more than once this week. Are you doing something because someone else wants you to or because you enjoy it? If the former, you might begin to rebel. This is a time when it's important to choose your own way through life rather than let someone else dictate it for you. This week could see you holding some interesting discussions on the issue and standing your ground where necessary. That That is interesting because mm-hmm. um, I have been like, I, I do have like a pretty set workout routine, but um, sometimes like my work and like the amount that I work just doesn't allow me to do what is planned and sometimes it thwarts me if I push myself because then I get sick yes and then I'm fucked and I'm just like there are just some days that I just can't do it yeah and like sometimes my mom like I'll have she'll have the dog and she'll be like oh he just went like on a 30 minute walk today so you might want to take him on another one and I'm like at home exhausted like not feeling well Mm -hmm. and I'm like he's asleep Mm -hmm. he's not gonna be Mm -hmm. like if I wait till tomorrow to walk him He's going to be perfectly fine. Yeah. Like, and, and also the weather is so hot. Oh my God. That it's not a good time to bring him out anyway. So I'm, and he doesn't want to be there. He literally doesn't want, he like push, he pulls me back. So I'm just like, there are just certain things that I'm just like, okay, like I can let go of this for the sake of my, my mental health Mm -hmm. and just wellness and in general, um, because if I push myself, it'll, it, it won't help me. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah. And then work routines is funny because, um, there's a new guy at my work who's a project manager. Okay. And he comes in and he basically asks everyone every day what they're doing, which we never had before. It's so fucking annoying. It's fine. I'm not really under the same scrutiny. Yeah. But now every day I tell everyone what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. And I'm kind of like a little bit more in tune to my day-to-day tasks and routines. I get it. Which is fine, but also, like, you guys don't know what I do. I'm completely siloed and, like, separate from everyone. So it's kind of just, like, you don't even know what I'm telling you means nothing to you. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, yeah, like, I have to mitigate this, and I don't know if I'm going to be a part of this stand-up routine because he basically gave me an option. Do you want to be a part of it or not? Right. And I said, sure. Yeah. But maybe I won't continue because I don't know if it's serving me. Yeah. If it's 
providing any value to anyone there or to you. Yeah. And when I'm doing that, it's taking away from me actually doing my work. Doing your job. Yeah. I just got a new manager at work because for a very long time, my unit at work did not have a manager there. Right. And uh, they were like three hours away at our head office. And so we finally have one in the building and it was a, it was different because we went one whole year without answering to anybody and just being trusted to come in, do our jobs. And we did them. Right. And we did them and it was fine. Right. And now someone's there that's kind of pushing back on things that we do being like, well, uh, I don't, you should do it this way or do it that way. And it was tough for me at first because I'm, I'm like, you know what? We were fine for a year without you. Like, why are you pushing back? But I've learned that I'm grateful now for her because a lot of the times I'm, I've still only been in my unit for a year. So I have a lot of questions still. Sure. Yeah. And she's very knowledgeable. Oh, that's good. And she's a really nice woman. Like I really, really like, like her. her. Yeah. So I think it was just an adjustment period where I was just kind of like, yeah. Oh, this sucks. Just, yeah. Like, yeah. For I, sure. I'm feeling under a microscope, but really she's just doing her job and making sure that I'm doing my job better essentially which is only gonna help which is only gonna help you yeah so I realize that there is there is value in having a manager Mm -hmm. to try and like get you to do better at your work and like yeah um before I used to hate having managers yeah and now I'm like no I need you yeah yeah (laughs) like just let me do my thing but also I'll get more done yeah then it's like okay well if she shows me how to do this more effectively or a way that does it faster then I can get even more done exactly look even better so anyways anyways okay okay do you want to go first or me we're I not want, we're, I want you to go first okay if we're not um I don't know who went first last time because we were away for a week but uh I think it was we're just me it doesn't matter anyways so who cares okay so I so this week oh we should tell them yeah the guys so I don't know if you heard <laughs> But Area 51 is, like, going viral. <laughs> and we need oh, to so fucking... Stressed. <laughs> so stressful. Are we raiding Area 51, though? Are we going to are do we this doing or not? Th- Are we doing it? Because... I need to know. Marie and I need to get our gear sorted. Yeah. Like, I, I want to I look hot. When I How many post up on Area 51. Yeah, when I come up there. Like, I'm going to get my best fucking camo gear, fucking lines across the face, ready to fucking take my alien husband. I'm going to go as a journalist and watch from the sidelines because I don't want to get gunned down. True. So you guys do your thing. So I'm going to be I'm the, gonna yeah. On it. Okay. All right. All um, right. Anyways. I'll be the bait. So... <laughs> so. Working with that theme, Nicolina, it was her idea. She texted me and she was like, yo, all this shit about Area 51, we should really uh, do some alien stories. So for the second time on this podcast, we were doing an alien themed episode, which makes me one, very happy (laughs) and two, extremely terrified. Yes. Yeah. You know how afraid I am of alien abductions. Um, My sister was the one I did this episode, like an alien episode with last time. Yeah. And it's so funny. She she called me today and I answered on like my iPod, which was connected to Wi-Fi because that's what I can use as a phone only for incoming calls. Nice. Ghetto. Ghetto. And she, um, she was like, man, a lot of people liked that episode I was on. Like you got a lot of, I was looking through our, she was looking through our photos in our, in our like message in our messages 
you know how you can go to like info and look at all the photos that you've sent between the yeah. whoever? Yeah. Just because she was bored. And she was like, man, a lot of people, you sent me a lot of screenshots of people like loving that episode. I should come back. I was like, fuck, sure. What a Why little not? shit. But then I was like, but by the way, we're doing an alien episode today. So. <laughs> so my story is going to be the story of Stan Romanek. And the first time I had ever heard of this story was there was a documentary on Netflix called Extraordinary, the Stan Romanek story. And um, I was watching it by myself, which was a bad idea because I'm terrified of alien abduction stories. And eventually I had to call my older brother to come over to watch it with me. Um, So we did. Um, And yeah, I mean, the story of Stan Romanek, when I watched the documentary, I was buying it. Like, I was really, really buying it. Now, not so much? Not so much. Okay. I don't know if I believe it all. Anyways, so we'll just start here. Okay. So, unfortunately, without, like, fully ripping off the entire documentary, like, what I have, what I could find online about it, literally just scratches the surface of all the evidence he collected over the years. Okay. Um, like in this story, there's, there's nothing about, um, there's this one like big event that happens where his security cameras capture a beam of light shining on the side of his house and then on his grass. And when he wakes up in the morning, he notices that the siding on his house is all burned and the grass is burned. So, and then So he's renting and then these people show up with a van and they start taking the siding off and replacing the siding. Mm -hmm. And they tell him that the landlord had called them to come and do this. And so he starts taking pictures of them and they fucking lose it. They lose it on him. Weird. They like take his phone, they break it. Okay. Like, and this is back, like back before you could really like, there's no like cloud like you can't you know what I mean like it right. was 2001 when all of this right, happened right 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 so maybe there was a cloud but people just didn't know how to lose it or whatever <laughs> um and so like he has all these like there's a lot of stuff that happened that they that I couldn't find that like pop into my head so uh, as I read the story and I'm like oh they didn't mention this part they didn't mention this part so that's one of the parts they didn't mention but We'll get into it and if I remember things randomly I'll just insert them in my own words okay so in September of 2001 it was shortly after the attack on the World Trade Center Stan Romanek videotaped an unknown flying object for the first of what would seem to be countless times he his visual encounters quickly escalated to lost time mysterious injuries and anomalies in his home uh, home security recordings unsatisfied with these casual intrusions bobble-headed grays the aliens then began sneaking around his home. And finally, Stan became a frequent visitor of outer space, uh, the wonderment of which was often tarnished by the appearance of the malevolent men in black. So I lifted that straight out of a Tumblr post um, from a girl who I can't remember. Okay, (laughs) sorry. If it's you, message us and I'll give you credit. Um, We see a series of short videos of these UFOs They're distant, blurry, and jittery images that almost always include the voices of off-screen witnesses. The next piece of alleged evidence is a series of space travel-related equations that Romanek wrote during a hypnotic regression therapy. All of them turn out to be known quantities 
that could be researched and memorized by a UFO enthusiast with some time on his hands. But I remember in the documentary, they had like a professor there and he was talking about how like, he's never seen that before. Like it would be very difficult to memorize them, albeit possible, but very, very difficult. Okay. So finally he shows him photo, he shows photographs of himself with like a bloody nose. He has greenish cigarette-like burns uh, on that appear on his skin almost immediately after these beams of light kind of make appearances in and around his home. Mm-hmm. And then there was, there's an infamous video that's known as the Boo video. So this shows up on YouTube. It's a little egg-headed alien and it's shown dipping in and out of the frame through a sliding door in his kitchen. He runs up to the window at the end of the video and you can see this, uh, you can see like mysterious flashes of light that are that accompanied the visitation. Um, there's grainy video of a similar creature peering at him in his kitchen and he's crying out, "What? what is that? What's it doing? He also describes the scene in which three half-human aliens knock on his door in the middle of the night in order to tell him that it's going to be okay or something like that. Um, he's a heavy sleeper. Sleeper. He never wakes up for loud noises. He thought it might have been a drunk neighbor banging on the door. He went to the door. He saw three people and he automatically assumed that he was being burglarized. He yelled over and over to his family that he was being robbed and aggressively tries to hurl one of the aliens off of his balcony. Now, not mentioned in this, from what I remember of this documentary, he was like yelling for his family, but words wouldn't come out of his mouth. Okay. And the aliens are talking to him, I assume telepathically. Okay. From what I can recall. Okay. One day he's riding his bike. This is when I start going like, this seems a little weird. (laughs) This is when. Okay. This is when. One day he's riding his bike and some men in black somehow find out where he is located and where he parked his bicycle and they leap out of a van at him. He allegedly proceeds to nearly murder one of them with his bike lock. They flee from him after resorting to tasing him and the filmmakers do produce a police report, but not the witness who filed it. So I'm sorry, but if a government agency wanted to stop you from talking about this shit, yeah. they'd stop you from talking yeah, about they this shit. Yeah, they wouldn't do, like, some weird... Yeah. Right. Then we Hot meet Stan's... Shit. Right. Then we meet his wife, Lisa. Uh, she also claims to have lived through the horror of watching him reunite with a woman with whom he supposedly procreated with in outer space. This other woman was recognized by him at a UFO event. So again, from what I remember, he goes to this UFO event, she's there, and he's like, I know you from somewhere. And then through talking, they realize that they've been through this. They essentially get abducted, they get taken to outer space, and they're procreating. And from what I can remember as well, him and her are both, like the reason why aliens are attracted to them and why they're following them is because they are half alien, half human hybrids. So they've already been procreated through an alien. Correct. Yet. Or they were chosen to create half human, half alien hybrids. Something to that nature. Okay. But her and him, they meet at this UFO conference and they immediately recognize each other and they're like, holy fucking shit. Wow, okay. The stranger, okay? Yes. So then... 
there's the introduction of his various space children. So he has children in outer space. Okay. So first in the form of a, of a photograph. So according to Stan, she, uh, this eth- sorry, etherally beautiful little girl with enormous blue eyes and white blonde hair, she appeared multiple times around his backyard, but she vanishes before any contact is made. One of those times, I recall, was at a barbecue. So there's numerous witnesses at this barbecue who are saying, yes, we saw her. We saw her there. I took a photo, like to have a photo of this little girl. Yeah. Like all these things. Like all Just these showing up? That, yes. Um, before, But then vanishes right yeah. before their eyes. Okay. okay. That's, that's These appearances up. are followed by distorted phone calls in which Stan's alien children tell him how much they love him. Um, I remember those those phone calls being like little little children's voices being like daddy we miss you when are you coming back like yeah then um they get a phone call from an adult female caller who addresses him as starseed so she like that's his name up there i guess and warns him about government bad guys and insists to the filmmakers that stan is different from other people the way he thinks, the way he views the world, because of who he really is. That's crazy. And I remember okay. multiple phone calls from this Starseed person and Stan trying to get more info, or from this woman calling him Starseed, and Stan trying to get information from her, trying to figure out why this is happening, what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I believe at the end of the documentary, they pretty much are saying that they're trying to breed another race that is like a human-alien yeah. hybrid, Okay. blah, blah, blah. Um, and then this article really just cuts off here and takes a real left turn. And I can't, I cannot, I'm pissed because again, as I said, there was so much evidence in these documentaries. Oh, I just remembered another thing. He had a really, a really bad knee injury. He had to have surgery on his knee. The surgery was coming up and I don't know if you remember this girl we went to high school with tore her ACL. It like ruined her basketball career. She was friends with us. Oh. And the key? Yes. Okay. So she tore her ACL um, and she had to get surgery on it. Her knee was never the same again. It's like a very yeah. serious, serious injury that takes a long time to, to recover. Yeah. He was supposed to go in for surgery. The one night he gets abducted, he remembers an alien tapping on his knee. He wakes up the next morning in bed. He goes to his doctor. His knee and ACL are completely healed Whoa. and he doesn't need surgery. Whoa. That's fucked. Right. And the doctor corroborates this in this documentary from what I can recall. Okay. Okay. So there's a lot of evidence here that I I cannot remember. I remember seeing photos of the little girl. I remember Lisa, the other woman, corroborating the story of them being abducted and, and procreating and things like that. His wife corroborating, yes, we're receiving all of these very weird phone calls from government officials and all these other things. The end of all of this, at the end of the documentary, in February of 2014, it's like words going up against a black screen. In February of 2014, Stan Stan Romanek was charged with possession and distribution of child pornography. (gasps) Sorry, that reaction is so good. Thank you for it. So... That's how I know him. So. That's what I've heard. So then. What the? My stomach just drops. I know. The documentarians then say 
like before you make any judgments, take a look at this. And they start putting up all these newspaper articles of government, like of proof that government, the government has like remotely entered people's PCs and planted child pornography okay, okay. in countless of, of cases. Okay. And there's evidence of this going like going back what? forever. Countless cases of the government infiltrating personal computers and planting child porn. Shit. Da 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 da. I don't buy it. That yeah. I'm not that's buying pretty it. Pretty wild. Yeah. I don't believe his story. Mm-hmm. I think that he is a liar. Yeah. I think all of his evidence was faked. It's I, like literally, if you watch, we should do a live viewing of the boo video right now, it's just so we could hear your laughter about it. Okay. Um, I don't. I'm. I'm should not, we go live on our paranormal account? Should we? I'm not. Look at me. I'm not <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Next to you looking like that and me looking like this. No, thank you. But the boo video. <laughs> you can put on my wig. <laughs> my pink wig. It'll be very paranormal. I'm in. <laughs> the boo video. So we'll look at this. This is the, the real boo video. I just think that all of his evidence was faked. I think that it was a really, really good fake. Yeah. And I think that he just found people that were like-minded, that really wanted to prove the existence of aliens. Yeah. And went along with whatever he said and were either, either he told them like, listen, we're going to be lying, but it's for the greater good. Or these people genuinely believed him. Yeah. And were like going along with it because they believed the evidence that he was showing them type thing. Right. Um, so let's watch a, a real, oh, we're doing a it. real okay. thing of the boo video. Okay. Get ready for this. Uh, all you, all y'all. Boo makes it sound like a little like puppy. Uh, yeah. It looks like a puppet to me, but oh, look at this. Who's recording this? He is. He has it on a tripod. He said, okay. And he had started recording these videos on a tripod because there were strange things going on in his, in his house. So he would leave the... Do you think he thing. suffers from some sort of mental illness? He could. He could. That's, That's him? him. It's only a two-minute video, so everyone relax. So he's peeking out of the window, running back to the camera. Feels kind of creepy. I know, right? Yeah. I know. Going back. Going back and forth in front of the camera. Like... Come on, where is it? It's coming. When you see it, you're gonna be like, holy shit. We'll cut out all these lots of silence. I mean, it's really like thrilling. (laughs) (laughs) What was that cut? Flashes of light. Flashes of light. Remember he said He said there was flashes of light. Yes, that accompanied the alien visitation. Okay. I think he has a flash on the camera. Yeah. I think there's something going on with... I think he just has a flash on the camera. And he's flashing the camera. Where is this bitch at? Come on. It's not that long of a video. Oh, there <gasps> it is. Are you fucking kidding me? Nope. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. What it what? Yeah. Why is it so short? Oh, oh. There he goes. Pops down again. I don't know if he comes back or not. We'll wait till the end. The fuck? Here he is again. He's coming up again. Oh my god. 
Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, oh my god. <laughs> Why is he doing that? He wants to just watch him, make sure he's safe and sound, I guess. Like, come on. I don't, I'm not buying it. I think he's a liar. I And I do think that he probably had, uh, probably had um, child porn on his computer because he looks... He honestly That sounds really rude. That sounds so like, rude, but he does look like someone who might. Paper? Anyway. Like he looks like he I mean he, he, I he wish, looks like he's got some mental health issues. Yeah. I wish that I had watched the documentary before coming over and had like written down everything so that I could show yeah. you, but if you have time to watch it. Watch yeah, it. no, it's super interesting. Also, I could not help but think that when he met someone at a conference that that was a weird like ploy to just like attract a female yes and i feel so bad for his wife yeah and bond with this person and like someone who obviously has like a a tripwire effect that yeah that would easily be conned or you know yeah seen like create this like connection with this person who wants to believe in something exactly yeah 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 it's fucked up um okay can we just stop so i can pee yeah okay Let's do that. Okay. Well, so like I said earlier, um, this Area 51 um, has has gotten a lot of uh, pickup currently which a lot of hype yes um and i if anyone doesn't know what it is it's basically like a like a believe like a military base for like testing aircrafts and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um there's not a lot of information about it but it's basically like secluded from there are people living around it but not like there's very large distance between human civilization and and this place in the um, desert, right? It's in, in the, the desert, desert in Nevada, yeah. Okay. Um, I believe it's Nevada. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a Nevada test and training range. Um, so it's reminiscent of another famous um incident that involved testing by the military, mm-hmm. which is Roswell. Yes. Um, so that was a famous um incident that occurred, I believe, in the seventies. Roswell was it? Um, I, I'm not going through the entire story yet. Uh, no, sorry. 47, not 74. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So 1947. Um, yeah. So basically there was a UFO crash in 1947 or the alleged UFO crash in 1947 yeah. that was popularized, um, and created a lot of hype, um, mm-hmm. related to it. So basically I am going to recount the story of, um, the curious case of the alien in the photo and the mystery that took years to solve by, by Les Carpenter, which is um, a journalistic uh, recount of this alien or supposed alien in a photo um, by the in the guardian. So everyone can, can see, like see this. There's a lot of video and stuff because it was all around a documentary that you can, I believe now watch. Okay. But yeah. So this is leading up to the um, making of the documentary okay, and all the evidence that came out and 
what happened at the end of this curious case of the alien um, in the photo. So in the spring of 2012, Chicago videographer Adam Dew received a mysterious phone call from his former business partner, Joseph Beeson. I have something to show you, Beeson said with urgency in his voice. Later that day, Beeson showed Dew a series of slides. The slides had been found 14 years earlier by his sister, who had been hired to dispose of the belongings of an elderly woman who had recently died. His sister couldn't bring herself to jettison the collection, and so she took the box home, placed it on a shelf, and forgot about it. Many years later, she finally projected the slides on her bedroom wall. She saw vivid color photographs of Dwight Eisenhower on what appeared to be a post-war victory train tour, pictures of Bing Crosby and Clark Gable, as well as several photos of European towns. Figuring they had some historical significance, she sent them to Beeson, who had worked in book publishing. Now, Dew scrolled through the slides. Some were stunning and had the unmistakable clarity of Kodachrome. Kodak's revolutionary, revolutionary mid-century color processing. He wondered how the person who took them was able to get so close to Eisenhower. They must be important, he thought. Then Beeson showed him another picture, the first of two nearly identical slides. These had not been in the tray, but tucked underneath, wrapped in parchment paper. Drew grasped, Dew grasped, gasped. Staring at him was a small, brown, withered body inside what appeared to be a glass case. Oof. The figure had withered arms, shriveled legs, a large triangular skull with elongated eye sockets and a tiny sliver of a mouth. He had but one thought. He was looking at a dead space alien. Until that day, until that day, Dew had spent little time pondering UFOs. He had a stout father of three. He was a stout father of three who shot, who shoots freelance sports videos for a living. People would describe him as guff, diligent, short of chit chat, Hardly to type to be chasing little green men. Okay. But he just couldn't stop thinking about the slides. The pair found out that the pictures were found in the garage of a woman named Kelda Blair Ray near Sedona, Arizona. Dew only knew of one UFO place, Roswell, New Mexico. Mm -hmm. Just a state away Ooh, from where that is. Wow, okay. A UFO supposedly had crashed there in 1947 and maybe believed it to be one of America's biggest government cover-ups. News accounts and military documents all confirm a celestial device tumbled to Earth that night in Roswell, but this is where the stories divide. Witnesses and their relatives describe a destroyed flying saucer that broke into two wreckage fields. Aliens, many of those witnesses say, were found in the mangled craft and then transported to a top-secret site. The military, after first announcing a flying disc crash, quickly revised their story, saying it was actually an experiential weather balloon. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I know the I know. <laughs> For years, the Roswell... It's funny, sorry, going into the... Because there was a PR, like, around it, and, like, yeah. the press release that came out, and, like, as someone who's in PR, yeah. like, you can, you can feel the, like the the crisis cover up right. in the tone of the right. way that they're they they go about this mm -hmm. and it's like dang what really happened like UFO crash what the fuck happened a fucking UFO crash okay so I don't, okay sorry you go, go ahead. ahead no go ahead I was just gonna say I remember seeing something I don't know if it was a documentary or what it was but like I just remember seeing um these thin metal 
almost like flat metal rods. Yeah. With it looked like hieroglyphics on right, them. Right, right. In like purple. And them being like, we don't fucking know what this is, but it's not from a goddamn weather balloon. Right. I'll tell you that. Much. Right, right, right. Anyway. Continue. So for years the Roswell incident was largely unknown outside of New Mexico until 1978. So this is where I'm getting the 70s from. Got it. When a Canadian nuclear physicist named Stanton Friedman met an Air Force officer who had been there. Intrigued by the man's story, Friedman researched the case and helped make a documentary called UFOs Are Real. Could have been that that I watched. Probably. (laughs) Soon after the documentary's release, the town turned into an extraterrestrial mecca giving birth to a culture of self-declared researchers yearning to find the truth about the event. Mm -hmm. Some of those, like Tom Carey, a retired Philadelphia businessman with a background in anthropology, and Don Schmidt, who owns a ranch in southern Wisconsin, have written several books on the subject. But so far, their evidence is only anecdotal, and their years of research have not provided any physical proof aliens crashed at Roswell. If Roswell turns out to be true, it's the story of the millennium, Schmidt says. By 2012, time was running out on Roswell. With nothing tangible to link the ancient to the accident to aliens, Roswell was becoming a cold case. Then Joseph Beeson contacted Tom Carey with his evidence. <laughs> At first, Carey was suspicious. He had been disappointed enough times by phony claims of Roswell evidence and his first reaction was to distrust any new discovery. To make matters worse, Beeson also struck him as secretive, insisting that anyone who looked at the slides must first sign a non-disclosure agreement. Still, Carey felt an obligation to pursue any Roswell possibility, so he signed the non-disclosure, and in return, he was emailed a scan of one slide. When Carey opened the email attachment in his Philadelphia area home office, he jolted in his seat. Kind of like what we just saw with Boo. Got but it. Yeah. Got it. Clearly visible on the figure's head was a dark mark similar to other black blotches across the body's torso. It appeared to be some kind of skin discoloration, but to Carrie, who has anthropology degrees from two different university universities, that mark on the head was something else. Child of Earth, he said to himself. In the American Southwest lives a small reddish-brown insect called the Jer- Jerusalem Cricket. It has a faint, dark indentation on its head, almost like a newborn still-melding skull. The Jerusalem cricket's more common name is the potato bug, but in Spanish it is known as El Nino de la Terra, the child of Earth. The daughter of Dan Dwyer, a Roswell firefighter in 1947, has said her father saw three of the aliens at the crash site. When pressed by his children to describe them, he said, child of Earth. Those three words had haunted Carrie for years. What did that mean? Carrie assumed it had something to do with the Jerusalem cricket, but how? Okay. Yeah. I don't know where the link That's okay. is here. We're going to find out. We're going to find know. out, hopefully. <laughs> now the answer glowed from his screen. For me, that was almost like a fingerprint, Carrie says. When I saw the image and saw that marking on the body lying on the slab, it jumped right out at me. That's what Dan Dwyer was talking about. Also, the body looked exactly what had been described to me by several eyewitnesses. Frail, big head, etc. My first thought was, this has to be one of the Roswell bodies. It wasn't a sketch, it was a photo, and it was taken right after recovery. Suddenly, Roswell had its most promising lead in years. 
Um, so Beeson asks, what do you want from, what do you want from me? And then he's like, I want you to help verify that this is the actual okay. body yeah. um, of, of a native Roswell alien. With Carrie and Schmidt's guidance, Beeson and Dew began the UFO, what UFO experts call an investigation. <laughs> you know, very scientific here. Got it. They took the slides to professors, color experts, and animators. They caught one of the images from its cardboard border to look for a, de- a date code, then had it run through a drum scan to improve clarity. A digital illustrator made a 3D image of what the body might look like alive. They consulted people at the Kodak Kodak headquarters in Rochester, New York. The experts told them the slides were real, but not had not been tampered with and were from between 1945 and 1950. So right where that would have occurred, Got it. making it possible the photos were taken right after Roswell. Hmm. They looked more into Hilda Blair's, Blair Ray's life. She had a pilot's license and worked as an attorney. She was one of the first women to graduate from the University of Minnesota's law school and had married a geologist named Bernard. The couple moved to Midland, Texas. Bernard became head of the powerful West Texas Geological Society. They never had children. They roamed the world. Beeson and Dew started to suspect Hilda might have known Eisenhower's wife, Mamie? Sure. I don't know. Mommy? Mommy? (laughs) Uh, Eisenhower's great-granddaughter, Laura, once claimed the president actually met aliens while he was the president. They wondered how deep Hilda and Bernard's connections went. Looking at a map, they realized Roswell, New Mexico is 250 miles from Midland, Texas. They thought that seemed close. You start to fill in the blanks, Stu says. Carrie took a photo of one of the slides to an old associate at the University of Toronto, Richard Doble, um, who noticed the figure had half as many ribs as human, no collarbone, and its arms attached to the top ribs. The more you look at it, the more you realize it's not from, from Earth. Doble later said. Well, yeah. But finding other opinions was changing, was challenging. Schmidt says American scientists hold up a cross to you like a vampire when the world ex- word extraterrestrial is used. He and Carrie also worried that the Roswell evidence taken to a U.S. college that received federal funding would be shipped to the military and disappear forever. Because they don't want anyone to find out. Okay. So they don't want to go to a college that has funding by any federal government. Okay. Um, Dew still wasn't sure he believed in UFOs, but he was starting to think the figure in the slides was something. The more he went around Roswell, the stranger people acted. Does the government know you have this? One woman asked. Several others told him to be, to be safe. Hmm. Soon Dew got paranoid. He worried powerful people were interested in his slides He wondered why the same white van kept parking in front of his house. His wife thought his UFO pursuit was absurd and wanted nothing of it. Finally, he loaded a copy of the slides onto his phone and went to Roswell. He showed the photos of the children of witnesses and filmed the responses. Then he tracked down Elzar Benavides, an Air Force base veteran who claims to have seen the aliens when they were brought to the Roswell base. That's what I saw in 1947, he said after looking at the slides. That was a chill-inducing moment for us, Dew said. By fall of 2014, whispers trickled through the UFO community that Carrie and Schmidt had photographs of a Roswell alien. 
The world of UFO research can be a vicious one, filled with self-proclaimed researchers certain they find evidence others have not. You don't need an advanced degree to be a UFO researcher. A UFO researcher himself, as well, oh, says Kevin Randall, a UFO researcher himself, as well as an author, blogger, and radio host. In 10 minutes, you can say, I'm a UFO researcher and start posting on internet message boards. Right. Many of these investigators turn on each other and Carrie and Schmidt could hear the snipping about their slides. People wondered what they were hiding. They couldn't respond. They had signed a non-disclosure. Finally, Carrie couldn't hold back. While speaking at a UFO conference in November 2014 at Washington, D.C., American University, he blurted, we have the smoking gun. He told the audience about Hilda and Bernard, about the Eisenhowers, about the slides in the box, about the shriveled body in the pictures, and about the Toronto anthropologist who said the figure wasn't human. Within days, the entire UFO world knew about the alien in the slides. But since Beeson and Dew wouldn't show the slides publicly until they proved the body was an alien, the UFO community was flustered. Tom Carey had access to the smoking gun and he couldn't show it. Rather than hail Carey's proclamation, the message boards and chat rooms that made up the vast extraterrestrial internet buried it in scorn. Smells like bullshit, said one Reddit poster. Sasquatch community is rifless charlatans like this, said another. A carefully prepared scam, wrote a UFO blogger. Carrie and Schmidt were shocked. While accustomed to criticism for their research, they they lived shielded from the modern internet's rage. Carrie couldn't comprehend someone calling him a hemorrhoid with glasses. Oh my god. I'm stealing that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Say it to my face, Schmidt wanted to scream to his invisible attackers. Oh my god. Yeah. By early 2015, Beeson and Dew knew they had no choice but to reveal the slides. The pressure to do so was extreme and Dew needed money to fund his documentary. Dew spoke to a reality show producer, hoping to build a TV special around the slides, but the offer was too small. The only appealing proposal came from Jamie Mawson, an investigative journalist based in Mexico City. Depending on whom you talk to, Mawson is either a fearless crusader tackling environmental issues or sensationalist with an unhealthy UFO obsession. Mawson wanted a great slide-revealing spectacle in Mexico City. He said attitudes of UFOs are more open there than in the U.S. He imagined renting the Auditorio Nacional, Mexico City's grandest theater, and said they could sell a live stream of the event around the world. He had a name for his extravaganza, Be Witness. He promised Benson, Beeson and Dew enough money to fu- fund a documentary. Beeson and Dew hated the idea. It sounded like an overblown fiasco. But Mawson was their best option, so in early 2015, they signed an agreement for Bee Witness and sent Mawson a scan of the slides. He took the scan to Mexico's National Forensic Institute, where researchers found 20 anomalies in the figure's body they said made it different from a human's, including the extra-large head, four sets of ribs instead of ten, the position of the eyes, and the fact it lacked a pelvis. Jesus Christ. On May 2015, Cinco de Mayo, nearly 7,000 people paid between $20 and 86 to attend Be Witness. The show was more than four hours long, the list of speakers endless. Carrie and Schmidt gave a PowerPoint presentation, double testified that the body was not human, the forensic scientists described the anomalies they discovered, Beeson found Be Witness... Too much of a spectacle to attend. Almost to prove his point, a person dressed as a giant alien strolled the stage. 
So yeah, they're making this into like almost too, there's too much theatrics around this. And like, so it's making it seem like a spectacle before any evidence has even been put on on the table, right? Right. Um, Then Mawson projected the two slides onto enormous screens. At first, there was little response from the UFO world. Those, though the slides had been on huge screens in the auditorium, they weren't easy to see online. Many people noticed what appeared to be a reflection of a woman's leg and the corner of a bench in one photo. It looked suspiciously like something from a museum. No one could tell for sure. Three days after Be Witness, someone invo- involved in the show leaked a high-resolution scan of one slide to a group of skeptics. The next morning, Beeson called Dew as he prepared to leave Mexico. The placard they could never the placard they could never read had been deciphered. Ooh. A member of the Roswell Slides Research Group posting under the screen name Neb Lator examined the high-resolution image using Smart Deblur Pro, a software program easily found on the internet. Several hours later, the placard the placard's top words had cleared enough to be deciphered. Mummified body of two-year-old boy. Oh my god. Further de-blurring revealed most of the the placard's other writing. At the time of burial, the body was clothed clothed in a a cotton shirt. Burial wrappings consisted of these small cotton blankets loaned by Mr. Unreadable, San Francisco, California. Oh my god. Dew was stunned. No way they could read in two days what it took us three years trying to decipher. Right. The de-blurring had to be phony, he thought. For a few days, Carrie and Schmidt, must, much like Dew, refused to believe the placard had actually been read. They accused the Roswell Slides research group of photoshopping the card. Right. Like, obviously, how could they not have, like, figured exactly. that out in that many years? Then yeah. they went to all these scholars about it. Like, oh, we got it. Oh, Don't we got guys. it. That's we did it. it. We did it. We're fine. Right. Come on. Carrie released a statement. Nothing to see here. Yeah, nothing to see here, right? So Carrie released a statement calling the members of a cast of characters and accused one of being party to a UFO hoax years earlier, years ago. So the people who are trying to now make this seem like it's not real were actually part of a previous UFO hoax. But soon more information was unearthed. A better reading of the placard identified the, is it placard or placard? 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 I don't care. Placard? I don't care how it's Placard? Placard? Exactly <laughs> the pl- um, identified the mummy's donor as a S.L. Palmer. Oh, so they identified the, the donor as mm-hmm. a certain person. So that means that someone donated this thing okay. to a museum. Got it. Debunkers located government records showing Palmer discovered the body in 1896. So, like, 70 years, 50 years before Roswell, okay. near Montezuma Castle. I'm looking up the placard right now. Okay. That's why I'm, like, <laughs> staring at my computer screen. Okay. A series of cave dwellings cut into the Arizona cliffs about 30 miles from, from the garage where Beast and Sister initially found the slides. Okay. The records include evidence that the child was Native American, and the photos of the burial site, along with pictures of the body, spread on blankets not long after its discovery. The mum- mummy was traced to the Chapin Meza Archaeological Museum in Meza Verde, Colorado. The museum confirmed the child's body had been on display for years. 
which is where it seems an attorney and geologist named Hilda and Bernard may have snapped the photos of it later in nineteen in the 1940s. So it wasn't a really an alien then? Guess not. Interesting. Okay. The smoking gun, rest in peace to the Roswell slide, screamed a UFO blog headline. Fraud put to rest, said another. Busted, shouted one another. another. The UFO world mocked Carrie and Schmidt for not realizing the Roswell alien was a mummy in a museum. Oh, like what? The whole, are perfect. No, the whole investigation was amateurish. Amateurish, scoffs Kendall, Kevin Randall, the UFO researcher and radio host. How could everyone not see the pictures clearly came from a museum? Did they really think that even if Dwight Eisenhower somehow knew the race, he would have let them look at something as top secret as a dead Roswell alien? Not long after the deciphering, Carrie was pulled from a prime speaking role at a top UFO conference. Humiliated, Carrie and Schmidt apologized to the Roswell Slides debunkers. They wondered how they could have been so wrong. They considered the previous three years and concluded concluded that Beeson and Dew had duped them by distorting the slides and blurring the the pl- placard, placard, whatever, um, place, make, card. place no, card, the card, the metal thing in front, that, that has, fucking thing that said mummified body of two year old boy. You guys, know you idiots, what maroons, what <laughs> maroons, making it impossible for anyone to read. They said Beeson and Dew only showed them a low resolution photo that kept them from realizing the body was in a museum. It was a very sophisticated hoax, Carrie says. Mm. Do manipulated the slides. The one clue we couldn't figure out was the play card or placard, but they played hocus pocus with the placard. We were given given something that had been altered. Hmm. These guys would tell you that they were being upfront and honest, but they were controlling the slides, said Schmidt. I shouldn't have trusted them as much as I did. Mm-hmm. But why? Money. That's why Do did it, Carrie says. But Dew says he and Beeson did not show Schmidt a high-resolution version of the slides early in their investigation, and the experts they approached were those recommended by Carrie and Schmidt. He insists he has always tried to remain neutral about the slides, even as he and the others let their imaginations stretch random pieces of Hilda's background into believing they had the world's only photos of the Roswell alien. Of a Roswell alien. Okay. When asked if he wanted too much for the body to be an alien, something Carrie and Schmidt both admitted to me that they did themselves and that he was willing to set aside all good sense, he said, I'm definitely guilty of not discouraging the talk of it being an alien. It was good for the project. They got their hopes up, he said. They will never get the answers they're looking for. They dedicated their lives to this. Me, I just go back to shooting high school football. Damn. So... Damn. That sucks. I'm still looking at the photos, by the way. Like, I'm still just scrolling through these. I mean, there's good, like, it's it's interesting, but, like. I remember watching a documentary about the Roswell things, and uh, there was, like, a farmer, because it happened in a farmer's field, right? Right, right, yeah, yeah. And a bunch of farmers said that they saw that. They, like, government officials came, like, immediately. Yeah. And they witnessed them zipping bodies up into body bags. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Zipped up into body bags. And um, one of the guys said something like, they're just waiting for us to die. Like, they're just waiting for all of us who still remembered what happened to die. Right. So that they can just 
brush it under the rug. Well, that's why they're saying they need evidence or else it's all just going to go cold. evidence is gone. Yeah. It's gone. Like, the government scrubbed that site clean. It's gone. Yeah, for for sure. Just forever. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, there's no way that there's remnants of this in anyone's, like he's, like they said, why would Eisenhower give this woman right. who may have been friends with his wife access to bodies of al- of aliens right. from Ross? Why would the, he do that? Right. Like, that's got to be some sort of, like, there's, there, like, he would not be president if he did that, Correct. you know? Yeah. I remember, too, my friend, I have a friend who I went to Orlando with. Yeah. And I can't remember why or how it came up, but her friend, her friend's sister or a relative of one of her friends works for the u.s government and that's all she's allowed to say about her job yeah is that it's a government job yeah and that's it that's it they can't know her position they can't know no office they can't know anything about her job it's just i work for the government i know it could be something like Oh, I'm I'm in charge of like where they store the nukes. Yeah, yeah. Or it could or it be could be like an administrative Area position. Fifty one. Yeah, it could, it could be an administrative be. position yeah. at Area Fifty One. Yeah, she could be the receptionist at Area Fifty One. Yeah, because I like, I work with um my boss used mm-hmm. to work for the CIA. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. You have to explain this to me. Later. Yeah. So, Sorry, Cosmo. Your and like do I don't know like the details. <laughs> Sorry. What was that? Sorry. Sorry, what was? <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I I know that he was involved in something security related, and but that's and it. That's it. Yeah. I don't know what his position was. I don't know. You should Google him. I think he's allowed to like say now that he's yeah. not working there. Yeah, but I'm sure that there's information he obviously can't. Talk yeah, about. he it definitely has an, an NDA for like a certain amount of God. Yeah. Dang, damn. So okay. that's pretty cool. So yeah, um, do we want to read? A I've story? got a hometown to read. Okay. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Hi, Marie and Nicolina. Oh, by the way, this is not alien related. I'm sorry. I just pick from the... I pick oldest ones first. That's fine. Hi, Marie and Nicolina. First off, I just want to say that I'm loving you guys so far. The horoscopes at the beginning and the fuck, Mary kill at the end make me laugh so much, and it has really helped me this year. My 2019 Aww. has really sucked so far mentally. Also, Nicolina reminded me of someone, and it took me forever to figure out who it was, and now I know. She reminds me of Elizabeth Gillies. Do you know who Elizabeth Gillies is? No, is she a comedian? Well, I Google image searched her for you, and I was like, she does look like this girl. Oh, I... I so I did a face filter thing where it like pops you celebrities out you celebrities like? and I'm pretty sure she was one of them that came 100%. out. Hundred percent. She looks very much like that's you. so funny. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, I wasn't sure whether to email because my recent stories aren't scary, but I thought, why not? For my second story, so there's two in one. Woo. I've changed the names to Rocky Horror Characters. <laughs> nice. As my mom's friend really loved that film. The first one is kind of short. In the last couple of months, I feel like a presence has been following me. Whenever I've been at work by the photocopiers, I felt something tug at my trousers or skirts. I know it is not the wind or someone brushing past me, as the windows are always shut and I'm on my own when it happens. Due to my height and where I'm being tugged, I think it's a small child, and while it scares me, I don't think it means me any harm. It certainly makes a change from the experiences I've had at home, 
My two-year-old niece still keeps saying ghost whenever she comes over. You should look into the history of the building where you work. Why? Her, not you. Oh, I was like, what? I mean, like, she should look into the history. Oh, yeah. Of the building that she works For sure. Okay, so here's her second story. Back in March, my mom's close friend, Magenta, remember we changed the names to Rocky Horror. Right, right, right. (laughs) My mom's friend, Magenta, had passed away. No one had heard from her for a few days, so my mom and another friend um, went to go see if she was okay. She says the other, she names the other friend as Columbia. Mm-hmm. Magenta had two dogs, Riff Raff, who was named after her husband. I'm sorry, I'm laughing because that's a band named Riff Raff. Hilarious. And Rocky. So my mom offered to take them back home so Columbia could figure out what to do with them. After a couple of days, my mom and Columbia agreed to meet at Magenta's flat to introduce the dogs to Columbia's dogs, Brad and Janet. Luckily, they got on like a house on fire, and we decided to return to Magenta's flat. We started talking about how well the introduction had gone and that this is what Magenta would have wanted. Once we mentioned Magenta, we noticed Rocky looking up at the ceiling as if something was there, and we all agreed that Magenta must have been watching over us. We also talked about Magenta's other dog, Riff Raff, and Columbia had said the reason that Magenta had named him that is because before he passed away, so I guess the husband passed away, mm-hmm. he said that he would come back as a lap dog and would keep her company. Aww. So when Magenta decided to get another dog, she took Rocky with her. When she put the dog down with the other dogs, Rocky immediately went up to Riff Raff, so they took him home. He was all over Magenta, and she knew it was her husband. Sorry if this was a lengthy email, but I hope you enjoyed the stories, and I can't wait to hear the next episode. Sending all my love to you both, Mary. Aw, so nice. Little cutie. Such I love dogs, and I love stories about ghosts, so that worked out well for us. And, sorry, I searched Elizabeth Gillies because I wanted to confirm, yes, that was, that was the person the that got spit out when I did the, the face thing. There's another one, too, but she was... Like, like the number, the number one. one. Well, yeah, because you look very similar to her. It's funny. That's yeah. funny that she figured that one out. All right. You All right. For fuck Mary Kill. I am so ready for this fuck and Mary Kill. And then over. And then out. And then over and out. Okay, you go first. Okay. Um, we picked. Tell them what we picked. So we're doing famous aliens. <laughs> Zoe. <laughs> Zoe. Zoe. Um, probably one of my... Mine are probably one of my... Like most favorite fuck Mary kills. Okay, to date. okay, I'm excited. Okay, okay. Yoda. Oh, good one. Okay. Spock. Okay, hot. Hot. <laughs> Marvin the Martian. Marvin the Martian. <laughs> oh my god, what am I gonna do? I don't know. They're all very marryable. Yeah, because I'm like Yoda is so wise. Like, of course, you can't kill Yoda. No. So, and then I'm thinking, Marvin the Martian is so cute. Like, I love it. The him. cutest. But I don't want to have sex with Marvin or with Yoda. No. I would want to have sex with Spock because he's the most humanoid. Fair. Fair. Of the aliens. Fair. So I'm going to pick him to have sex with. Okay. okay. Yoda and Marvin the Martian, one of y'all have to die. And you know what? It's going to be Marvin the Martian. Oh, because he shoots people with his gun sometimes. That's true. Also, He's a little bit rambunctious. This Google image search I just did of him, the second one is of him giving me the finger. Yeah, that's right. So he can fuck off. Yeah, so, fair enough. Also, he's a cartoon. Yeah. 
So Yeah, he can die in cartoon He can world. die and come back. It yeah. happens all the time in cartoon world. So I'll kill him and I'll marry Yoda. Okay. That wasn't that difficult. No. Okay. I was going to put Avatar. I was going to use one of those too, but then I was like, that's too easy for her. She's going to have sex with, have sex with that one right away. Yeah. Same with Spock. Sorry. Yeah. Um, also... Superman is actually an alien. I know. I was going to pick that one, too. Oh, my God. Again, but I didn't want to give you too easy of a choice. I know. They're too easy. Uh, okay. So, my three are E.T. Yeah. Paul from the movie Paul. Mm-hmm. And one of the aliens from Signs. <laughs> Just any of the aliens any from Signs. them. They all look the same. Um, I'll probably... Okay. I will marry E.T. Okay. I'll kill one of the aliens from Signs. Yeah. Because they're scary as fuck. Terrifying. And I'll have sex with Paul. That's what I would have done. Yeah. Because Paul's badass. Yeah. Sorry, I'm tired. Okay. That was pretty much it. Pretty much. Um, Please stay tuned to our podcast. And also, if you have other aliens, like, if you have alien stories, like, because we don't really talk about that enough, but I think that they're really compelling. Yeah. And I don't think this Area 51 thing is going to go away anytime soon, because the thing is in September. It's not real. They're not really going to do it. But still, it's going to stay. The petition is going to stay active until the date. Right. So I feel like we could have another alien episode. Fair enough. In the meantime. Fair enough. So yeah. Yeah. Hooks it. Oh, okay. Um follow us on social media. Yeah. We've got at paranormal pod on Instagram. At paranormal pod underscore on Twitter. Yep. I'm at Splendora underscore on Instagram and on Twitter. And Nicolina is at Nicolina Savelli. Everywhere. Everywhere as well. <laughs> uh rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah. And you can listen to us on iTunes and Spotify. And again, we will try and get the Can I Call You podcast up as soon as iTunes stops acting like a little bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's really, it's really hurting me. Yeah. Hurting my heart that they're not accepting us. You know what they say? What? They say that that show is. That show is, <laughs> baby! Stay spooky. Bye.